Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, hello and welcome, everyone. We're coming to you live right now on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Welcome to another live recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. My name is Kevin Daisy. I'll be your host. I'm also the founder of Array Digital. We are a digital marketing agency that specializes in working with law firms. I have a special guest today, Lawrence. Thanks for joining me. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So I want to get started and jump right into it. You know, I always want to know what your story is, how you got to where you are. So uh, give us the goods. How did you get to where you are today and in the practice that you're in? Okay, well, I've been practicing, <laughs> it'll be 38 years next month, and I come from a long line of lawyers. We had uh, a great uncle who probably was the first uh, late-in-life lawyer in 1929, and my father, who is 95 years old, is basically, we've practiced together for over 30 years. Right now, I'm a solo practitioner, practice 99.9% .9 family law, and you know, way back when, I guess I, I started as a, a state court prosecutor here in Florida. And for three years, I uh, tried you know, everything from DUIs to murder, rape, and robbery. And after that, we were general trial lawyers. And I'd say for about the last 15 or 20 years, almost exclusively family law. And my 95-year-old father just retired about two or three years ago. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's so, amazing that's amazing so he's 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 put the effort in there so yeah a, a long line of, of lawyers so you're an expert at what you do hands down when i was a young lawyer i used to describe it like this to the clients i would say you know i i don't hunt but what i understand in northeast florida a lot of people do and from what I understand is that they send the hunting dogs out in the field, the young dogs, out with the older dogs, and that's how they learn to hunt. And um, that's basically what happened to me. I was fortunate that I practiced with a couple of lawyers who were you know, tops of the profession, and I got to learn how to do it right. That's excellent. And you can't put a price on that. So, so you had excellent mentors uh, that were able to show you, show you the ropes. It's great. Yep. So anyway, currently that worked me up to, and, and, you know, to answer the question of how I got to where I am today, that was part of it. Uh, I think my father always emphasized uh, doing work with the Bar Association, in this case, the Florida Bar. And eventually I became board certified. Florida is, we have a board certification program that's probably, that's why I'm a former chair of the committee, so I can, it's extremely rigorous. Uh, there's uh, testing, peer review. You have to pass an exam that's, you know, basically kind of cruel. And um, anyway, so once you pass that, you know, it kind of opens a few doors for you. And then I uh, became a fellow of the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers, which in the family law world is uh, one of the more exclusive groups in the country. And so you know, after all that, and then it helped to have the general trial experience. I was, put it this way, I think over time, I've sort of risen to the, you know, 
upper echelon of the local family law attorneys. And in terms of, you know, how I got to where I am, I've taken a number of marketing courses over time. And uh, somebody had used the expression, which I understand is common in marketing, about they got to know you, like you, and trust you. And at the time, I wasn't very happy about, you know, the volume of cases and the quality of cases. And the guy made the comment to me that he says, look, he goes, you know, you sound personable enough on the phone. He says, with your credentials, you're going to get immediate trust. He says, your problem is they don't know you. And so we embarked on a, uh, a campaign from there. And I, I was mentioning before we came on that I'd used a, a PR firm. And one of the, the principal of the firm, by the way, as I also mentioned, happens to be a close friend of my wife who'd been in marketing for her entire adult life, said, you know, when you're not worried about the phone ringing, you want to concentrate on public relations. When the phone's not ringing and you need to get it to ring, you want to advertise. And it's kind of a sliding scale depending on what's going on. And I, that has held true. So I took the heart and, you know, between that and some of these you know, sort of lawyer inspirational courses I've been to, a big thing is that if you're not the go out and, you know, meet everybody in the room kind of person, <laughs> then you got to work on your strengths. And for a lot of people, that's things like accomplishing board certification. A lot of states have certification programs, a lot don't. But, and another part of it is, you know, for example, writing articles, things like that to get people to recognize you as an authority in your subject. And of course, the first and foremost thing for family law attorneys, because candidly, the probably the single most reliable method of attracting clients is word of mouth, is you have to do a good job for your clients. Now I hear that over and over again. I love it. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Uh, yes. I, I make the analogy. I have a sister who's uh, been in the restaurant industry for a while. You know, if you think of if you compared it to eating out at a restaurant, you know, if you have one bad meal at a restaurant, you're probably not going to go back. So if you have a bad experience with a lawyer, you're not going to refer, that person's not going to refer other people to you. And I, tell my clients all the time in just very candid terms, you know, I'm a family law attorney, not a personal injury attorney, as in I'm not going to get rich off of any one case. Um, the way I make my money is, is to make happy clients who go out and tell everybody what a great lawyer I am. And that, that makes the difference. 100% love it. You got to do good work. And that same as holds true for us, right? It's, you know, Let's, we we got to do good work or we we're, we're just if you don't do good work then you have to advertise because you have to get more but you know people through the door you know and uh it make, becomes even harder uh but if you can do both and have good pr good client experiences and then still attract the ones that don't know you exist then you got a great program so 100 percent agree yeah now currently i'm at a place where I'm, I'm fortunate. I mean, it, this way, when I left the uh, prosecutor's office, uh, and I was a very young lawyer, I had a court appearance in front of a felony judge that I had known from being a prosecutor. And I was lamenting about the fact that, you know, these deadbeat clients just won't pay me. I mean, this is horrible. And he said, Lawrence, most lawyers work the vast majority of their career 
to be able to represent clients that um, are willing and able to pay big fees. And so, you know, yeah, I've been practicing 38 years. It, it takes a while to get. Oh, congrats on that. And so I was actually going to ask you, like, you know, what do you do to get clients? And you, you've kind of answered that a little bit. And, you know, it's think about if you if you did a bad job or you didn't do good work and you basically cut yourself off from that that whole entire family of, of people. Right. That could oh. refer you to their sister, their brother, their, you know, they're, you're done. You know, if, if your name comes up to that person, oh, yeah, don't use them. So you have to do good work. You know, you're absolutely right. And it's particularly true in family law. I mean, I don't know this for a fact. It's what I call the world according to Lawrence for a minute. But uh, I bet three times as many people have contact with the judicial system through a divorce, probably as everything else combined. And as a result, everybody and their brother has advice for you. And as it relates to this conversation, yeah, you know, if you get, like I say, you get somebody who's unhappy, the word will spread fast. One hundred percent. And then here, the thing is, you, you do good work sometimes, and getting a review or a testimonial or whatever, you, it's like pulling teeth sometimes. But if you do bad work, they'll be sure to tell everybody without any effort or any <laughs> without you asking. They're going to do it. So, yeah. So yeah, I think that's the fundamentals for anyone, anyone in business. Do good work. Do a good job, take care of your clients, and it will come back, you know. So it's and then the other things like we do, we do marketing, advertising, whatever. Is you know how much easier that is if we have a client that does good work? Much easier. I I would hope. <laughs> One of the reasons I work so much is you know, <laughs> to get that reputation. Yeah. Well, it's just great. I mean, honestly, we're very selective on who we work with, but if we're sending leads to a client that's not good at talking to people or, or closing them, converting them to clients, or they, they have such a bad reputation, like that's not going to work out well for us because I can make your phone ring all day, but if you're terrible and you have bad reviews and then it's just throwing more money down the tubes for us. So it's, it's some, it's not, as a client, we would say, Hey, this is probably not the best fit, but so a hundred percent on board with all that. So, couple of things about, so you're a sole practitioner. Do you have support staff or, or how's that set up? Yeah, it's funny. I have changed the business model a number of times over the years. And I would tell other lawyers that when you see something that's not working, then fix it. Don't, don't wait till things get terrible. Right now, I have a full-time paralegal and a part-time administrative assistant, and that's it. And... And again, in family law, the vast, vast majority of family law attorneys are, you know, one, two, and three-person firms. There are definitely big firms out there with family law departments, but they are, you know, they're the minority. The majority are small firms. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we see as well. And our our, our family law clients for the majority that I can think of off the top of my head are all two, three or solo practitioners, pretty much. They might have some additional like support staff, paralegals, assistants, but it tends to be as far as the lawyers or attorneys are concerned, uh, just a handful at most. So, so yeah, I, I see the same thing here. And we have clients around the country. I'm here in Virginia, but that seems to see, you know, we seem to see the same thing. So, so as far as handling, you know, your clients, is there any kind of uh, 
tools, software, things you do to, to kind of keep track with, with the cases that you're, or the, the families that you're helping? Yes, I'm a big advocate of uh, case management software. It's basically, uh, generally speaking, it's sold in modules. So there's usually a calendaring module and an accounting module and you know, like a time and billing system, and then various other things depending on the sophistication of the software. The calendaring piece is just critical for everything. Can't remember the guy's name, but somebody actually wrote a book and not for lawyers, just in general. Uh, in fact, it's coming back to me. It's called Getting Things Done. And he, the concept is that, you know, why stress out over all these things you got to do? And, and I'm talking in the scheme of almost everything, not just court deadlines, but if you, let's say you want to attend a, a function of some kind or you want to remind yourself to do some marketing thing, then why worry about it? Get it on the calendar. You can get it off your mind. You put some reminders in and it will tell you what to do and when to do it. I always draw the comparison between <laughs> doctors and lawyers. You know, compared to doctors, I mean, doctors, they got this stuff down to a science. You know, you think about it, what doctors do is they show up and perform medical services. The rest of it, they, you know, delegate to somebody else. You walk away from all the rest of it, yeah. yeah. And they have appointments every block. Boom, 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 boom. Well, yeah, the yeah. one thing they did that most lawyers and most states uh, don't allow lawyers to do is they converted their time and services into a product. In other words, they charge you by the procedure. They don't charge you for the amount of time it took to perform the procedure. But gotcha. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, there was a, um, a newer firm I was speaking with. I think she was in South Carolina, maybe North Carolina, but newer practice, but they're, they've been up and running for about a year or so, kind of started in the middle of COVID, which was challenging, I'm sure. But they were doing a um, almost like a uh, pricing model, like um, basically you pay this much and you get this. So almost like they're, you know, you're paying a certain amount per month uh, flat fee. So obviously I've heard others starting to do that more than, billing time? Yeah, I think it depends on the area of practice and your state's rules. In Florida, in divorce cases, when we make a claim for attorney's fees, we're not allowed to engage in what's called unit billing, which is that idea of I'm going to charge you so much to file a petition and, you know, instead of charging you for my time. But you know, people can definitely do that, like I said, depending on the state and the area of practice. Okay, interesting. I didn't know that. So thank you. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. Case software do you recommend or which software are you using? I have I used uh, tabs three and the case management uh, modules practice master for okay. probably almost 20 years at this point. I think Clio is the most popular right now. I think I hear that a lot. Google it. You'd probably come up with five or 10. Yeah. Well, I, was just, I like to ask as others attorneys are listening in that 
are getting ready to start or maybe just started. Maybe they haven't made, you know, pulled the trigger and got some uh, case management software. But yeah, Clio is mentioned quite a bit, but I've heard a lot of different types of software. Uh, some, yeah, people kinda, some people kind of like create their own little pulled together system. So, you know, it's just interesting to see what you're doing. Yeah, no, I'm, let me tell you, I've got a buddy who is just a top-notch lawyer with a big practice and, you know, he's the, the head guy. And they do all that just using Microsoft Outlook. I love what you said about the calendar. So if it's not my calendar, it ain't happening. And and my wife is a good example of this. So she's not listening, but um, <laughs> she'll say, Hey, you're going to be home tomorrow at three o'clock. Right. And I'm like, why would I do that? And she's like, well, I told you last week that, you know, I was like, if it's not on my calendar, you can guarantee it's not happening and I'm not going to know about it. So, <laughs> so I was like, I got to get, I got to get you on my calendar because I'm going to get in trouble a lot. So no, I've, I've become a believer. I think some people learn that probably when they're in high school. <laughs> it took me a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, I live in I live by my calendar. I got it on my phone. Yeah. I got it on my desktop. And I think as you yeah you just get a little further on. Like I use Calendly, and hey, you can book me for a time if it's a spot. You know, I'll talk to you. Or uh, so I just you start to delegate a little bit and kind of say, hey, if it's if it's not on my calendar, if I don't have time, it ain't gonna happen. And uh, you know, I, I'm a believer too. So I live and die by the calendar for sure. So appreciate that. Is there anything you do? You know, you got the PR firm you work with, uh, anything you do to kind of nurture potential cost clients, uh, maybe clients that have had some interest, but maybe haven't, uh, you haven't worked with, is there anything you do to nurture them? Maybe it's, I know you do articles, is there any newsletters or any kind of things like that you do? I definitely like to, I, I write articles. The uh, PR firm gets them published in, you know, good marketable types of places. The You can write for your bar association. For example, in Florida, we have the Florida Bar Journal and the Florida Bar News, but mainly it's the journal. It's a monthly publication. They're always looking for people to submit articles. Same thing, very Florida-specific family law section of Florida Bar has a publication called The Commentator. Same thing. People, they're always looking for articles. Uh, you know, I like to speak whenever I get the chance. Read Podcast. Some <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, um, I read some article. I think it was the cover of an American Bar Journal a few years ago. And it was the cover story was introverts in an extroverted world. <laughs> and the idea being that the personality type and skills it takes to become a lawyer are more prevalent among introverts than they are extroverts. And so they spent time talking about, well, what can introverts do? Because they're not just, you know, dead in the water. Uh, there are lots of things introverted people can do to market themselves. Like get involved in bar committees or, you know, write articles. That's a good point. <laughs> everyone, I think there's a lot of people that think lawyers are like in trial, in front of people, can just run a whole crowd and take over. And there's a lot of lawyers I know that are, completely opposite of that. So. Well, and I'm one too. Yeah, I've always been interested in public speaking, but the fact is it takes practice and you don't really get opportunities to do it that often. You know, I mean, unless you're on some kind of speaking circuit or something, but uh, you know, the vast majority of lawyers, you go into court, you have a very controlled environment. And so you don't get those butterflies or things you do if you, it, the same as if you're addressing a large audience. But it just takes some practice. And, you know, if you ask organizations or tell organizations you're available, uh, a lot of it, a lot of times it'll just fall into place. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think 
if it's not comfortable for you, there's a lot of things you can do. You can post on social media, you can write articles. So there's a lot of other ways to get out there. That's, that's a good right. point. So, uh, but yeah, I think most people's, uh, the general public is like a lawyer. I'm thinking like someone in court can get up and demand, you know, it's, that's the, the persona, I guess, if you will, but no, it's a great point. Okay. Well, Lawrence, what's the best way for others to connect with you? So we got, again, we have mostly attorneys listening in to our show. Actually, you never know the, uh, the, you know, local in Florida that might need your help could be tuning in. So, and actually real quick thing, we, I think I have my company, we have seven, I think, full-time employees in Florida. So I'm there often and learning more about Florida every day. <laughs> but what's the best way to connect with you? Um, I do have your website address up here. Everyone, you can check that out. I'll put that in the comments as well. Yeah. If people wanted to call me or email me, I generally respond. Um, and both my uh, telephone number and email address are on the website. I don't mind telling you now. I mean, email is ldats at datslaw.net, like L-D-A-T-Z, D-A-T-Z-L-A-W.net. And uh, the phone number is area code 904 296 7440. Excellent. Well, if uh, anyone has some questions for Lawrence, wants to learn more about what he's doing, or uh, sole practitioners out there, how he's doing it and how he's being efficient, really, with some software, small support staff, and being successful, uh, reach out to him. Check out this episode again. If you want to see this episode, it's going to be up on our website soon, uh, arraylaw.com forward slash podcast. Also, this is going to be on YouTube as of now, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, and then soon as we get this edited, Lawrence will be featured on our podcast version, as well as some other content we'll put together for Instagram stories, Facebook, LinkedIn, all that stuff. Lawrence is going to be a superstar when we're done with this. And uh, so stay tuned for seeing Lawrence more often. Also, attorneys listening, you always hear me say this. Uh, my firm, we exist to help law firms just like Lawrence is here, help get the word out, track new clients. Through digital marketing, that's what we do. Go to raylaw.com. Uh, reach out to me if you have any questions about marketing, podcasting. I'm actually giving a talk soon uh, to our local chamber of commerce here as a regional chamber, how to start a podcast for your business step by step. So if someone has any questions about how I do that or uh, whatever, I'm happy to, to chat with you. That's it. So Lawrence, anything else you'd like to add before we go? No, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. I love the bow tie, by the way. Thank you. I messed up on that. I was... I haven't worn a tie in a while, but I like the bow tie. I was I was in court a few hours ago, so <laughs> that was part of it. Well, I hope you're not in trouble. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Lawrence, thanks so much, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Have a good day. Lawrence, hang on with me. We'll chat backstage. All right. See you, everybody.